Mac Powell Users, Episode 203, Text Expanders. Hello, everyone. It's David Sparks, Katie Floyd. I uh, can't believe we are talking about Episode 203. I know. Soon we'll be like in the 300s. Well, in a year and a half or two, we'll be in the 300s. Before you know it. Before you know it. This is a, uh, this show today is going to be all about Text Expander. And we've, Text Expander was the original sponsor of the Mac Power Users. And uh, we talked about this earlier in this year that we felt like we were kind of punishing some of our, our longtime sponsors because we wouldn't do a show on their products because they were sponsors. But boy, I used to use Text Expander so much. If, if they weren't a sponsor, we'd be doing a show. So why shouldn't we just do a show about how we use Text Expander? So here we are talking about text expander and uh, full disclosure smile is not sponsoring the show this is not a sponsored show in any way um, text expander was actually always on our list of shows to sponsor and then when smile started sponsoring the show now here we are years and years later and we've never done the text expander show because we were kind of afraid of that and so just so you know full disclosure go ahead and yell at us if you want but we actually didn't consult with smile when we were planning this show so <laughs> hi guys and um Hopefully we get a lot of that stuff right. So Yeah, we tried to make a little bit of a wall. They, they didn't know we were going to do it. We didn't tell them about it. We certainly didn't say anything to them about it when they signed up to sponsor. So here we are uh, talking about one of our favorite applications. And I want to spend the bulk of this show talking about, you know, the, kind of the advanced tips for Text Expander because I think most of our audience knows what it does. But for those of you who don't know what it is, let's take a few minutes and talk about the basics. So basically what Text Expander does is it watches your keystrokes, but don't let that flip you out because we're all told to be wary of keyloggers. And although I guess you could technically call Text Expander a keylogger, it's not a traditional keylogger in the normal sense of the word. Your keystrokes are never saved and never sent anywhere. I guess you have to trust Smile on that. Uh, but the cache that Text Expander saves those keystrokes to is emptied whenever you press the space bar. So in practice, it really doesn't actually keep more than just a few characters. And every time you hit the space bar, it gets cleared anyway. So if you wonder when you go to install Text Expander, if you haven't installed it, if you go to install the demo, and that might be a good idea to go ahead and install the demo. I think you get a 14-day free trial. I should know that from our ad copy, but I think you get a 14-day free trial. And you can go install the demo. You do have to turn it on in assistive devices inside the Universal Access System Preference pane. And that's why, because Text Expander will then, from that point, monitor your typing because that's how it works. It's looking for specific triggers that you type, triggers that you've created, that it can then use to expand into larger blocks of text. Yeah. So just the, the simple example, which we've said many times on the show, is your cell phone. Yeah, it's kind of tedious to type your cell phone uh, into a text field because you've got to go up to that number key, right? And that gets a lot of people thrown. And you've got to figure out if you're going to do parentheses or if you're a dash person. What are you, uh, Katie Floyd? Are you a dash person? I'm a or dot a person. Parentheses. A dot. Oh, those are the worst. Sorry, I know you don't like dots. Well, it's just the hardest to read. Why? Why are you using dots? I am a big keypad user. I have always used the keypad. I do not like ever since I was in typing class and, you know, fourth or fifth grade or whatever it is where you learn. Okay. Maybe middle school, wherever it is you learn how to type. I have never liked the top row of the keyboard. And to this day, I do not like keyboards 
that don't have numpad. So I, whenever I type in a string of numbers, I always use the numpad and it's just so easy. I guess you could use the dash, but I don't like the dash way up there in the corner. All right. I, I, I don't want to beat up on you on this, but really the dots, you got to switch over to dashes or, and then the question is, what do you do with the area code? Is it in parentheses or not? So no, that's let's just say, a pain. okay. But see, if you have text expander, it is not a pain because for me, I just type cell with two C's, C-C-E-L-L, and it goes bloop, and it puts in my entire cell phone number. And I've got the same thing for my work number and my home number, and it's just I add the the first letter, I just type twice, whatever it is. And that's a good example of what you can do with text expander. Yeah, so it's basically, really the mo- it's, it's pretty basic. It's the example. most basic example, yeah. But basically, if you have a word or a phrase um, that you type frequently... You set up an abbreviation, which is called a trigger in Text Expander, and then Text Expander watches as you type for that trigger and then expands it into whatever the large of text is. And these snippets can either be single words, like you know, just an individual word or a series of numbers, or it can be several texts, uh, s- uh, several pages of text, if that's what you want. Yeah. Uh, so, so expanding on that example of the cell phone. Um, I have long bits of text. I, in a lot of ways, I write for a living and there's bits of text as a lawyer that you use often and often and often. So I've got these saved as snippets, a lot of them. So I can type in a, a, a phrase, like a two word phrase without a space in the middle. And it'll just jam out 2000 words of text that I use repeatedly. And we, we, we've actually got some great, a feedback from some of the listeners. I did a thing on Twitter and I'll talk about some specific examples of that later. But, you know, one of the examples on Twitter, and I'm, I don't have the person's name in front of me right now, was someone who, who travels a lot and she's got a text expander snippet where she gives pet instructions to whoever's going to be watching her pets for her. And she just does the quick uh, snippet and then it, it plops out all of that text so whoever's going to be watching the pet knows where the dog food is knows what the veterinarian phone number is and you know just knows all the idiosyncrasies of watching somebody else's pet so if it were me i would type like fido semicolon and then i would get a whole page of text about hi thanks for watching fido here's everything that you need to know i need to know if katie floyd is a dog person or a cat person neither i'm really not really an animal person I love dogs. I like cats too, but I'm allergic to them. So it's really hard for me to spend a lot of time with them without heavy medication. Yeah. It, all the men in my family are allergic to cats. I think I could have been a cat person, but we never had cats growing up because for whatever reason, all the men in my family are allergic to cats. And so that was a, that was a big no, no. We got a lot of, um, got a lot of Twitter's tweets about this. And I'm looking for, I, I want to give the right person credit for the, for this snippet and I can't find it. Okay. I guess I'm holding this up. We'll, we'll get, continue. we'll get more feedback about my not being an animal person. I don't dislike animals. I'm just not an animal person. What anyway. kind of pets do Klingons have? Katie Floyd. Targs. What is it? How do you spell that? <laughs> T-A-R-G. No, do you remember in Star Trek three, the wrath of, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, can't believe I did that. Star Trek three, the search for Spock. Where oh Christo- gosh. Christopher you Lloyd's targ? where Christopher Lloyd's character had this little thing that he scratched his head that was sitting by his his uh, chair. Yeah, yeah, not really. But I'm looking at a picture of a targ, and it's it's quite scary. 
I didn't say I wanted one. I was just, you asked the question and I answered it. Uh, but, you know, tribbles you are, are nice too. I'm sure you won't win. Yeah, tribbles are lots of trouble though. All right. I can just see, <laughs> I can just see there with your, um, I, I honestly forget the name of the pointy sword. It's been so long since we've done uh, this bit. What's it called? Yes, the Batleth. Batleth. I can see you there with your Batleth and your Targ, you know, swilling something out of a big cup, looking a little surly. <laughs> it's dots between the phone numbers. There you go. There you go. All okay, right, let's. Let- I'm a. Uh, I'm getting off. I'm getting off topic. I think I? this is what happens when we record late at night. Is you get a little punchy. Okay, so. So that's the most basic use for it is a, whoa, what was that? I don't know. That was weird. I guess you're still here. Uh, so it wasn't your machine that restarted. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, so anyway, the, the, the most basic use is you type in a little something and a big something pops out the other end, or it could even be a little something pops out the other end, but it's something that's difficult to type. Um, an example that I use for this is I get emails a lot of times from people over the world and I like to, you know, say thanks to people in their own language. And there's a lot of languages that use a lot of um, uh, characters that have special emphasis or Asian languages that I certainly don't have the ability to type. So I started collecting ways to say thank you in all these countries. And every time I got someone from a new country, I would add it to the list. In fact, I've published this at Max Sparky. I have a uh, like a, a page it's maxsparky.com slash te snippets or text expander snippets and you can download that one i call it foreign thanks and it's a folder that's just full of different text expander snippets and these are very short words but you know like if i say german thanks that's actually longer than the the letters and that you would need to say thanks in german but it will get it right every time. So sometimes the snippets are quite small, but either way, um, you know, the, the starting point for text expander is take something you type often or even more than two or three times and make a snippet for it. So you don't have to do that ever again. Right. And a little bit about using these snippets and, and organizing these snippets inside text expander. The way that it's set up is your snippets are typically organized into groups. Now, do you have a lot of groups or do you try to keep your groups minimal? I, I probably have about a dozen groups and I think that might be too many. I have a lot of groups. Yeah. And give me some examples know. of the types of groups that you have, how you organize I'm, things. I'm, I'm switching windows right now so I can, I can read them off to you. I am. Um, I, I probably need to organize these better. I agree. Um, I need to organize mine and, better too. But there's, there's, there's quite a, a few. I have, uh, like affiliate links and see this is now we're kind of jumping into stuff we're going to talk about later because there's some advanced techniques you can do with text expander one of them is is i have affiliate links for some of the stuff that i i link to and i have a little thing i type in and it grabs the clipboard and does magic things with it and turns into an affiliate link uh, date stamps um that's one i use all the time uh boy they just go on and on okay um, see, why I, don't we, see let's, I may let's not do that to. later okay we'll do that later let's do Let's do that later because I, I would like to like to talk about more about snippets before we get into the nuts and bolts about how you organize this stuff. Okay, but in a nutshell, you have these groups and you can put multiple snippets in a group and that's kind of loosely how they're organized. And then the yeah. actual snippet itself, you've you've got some choices to make. A snippet, I think by default is plain text, or maybe you can change that in the preferences, minor plain text. But snippets can also be formatted text and pictures. So if you're one of those crazy people who likes to have like all kinds of animated GIFs and stuff in your email signature, you can do that as well. And I know, David, that you highly recommend that. 
every day. Yeah. I have a an animated gif of a little kitten hanging on to a stick saying hang in there. Perfect. I, I, I use it in I use it in all my professional emails. Great. It's so sweet. Yeah. Um and you've got your name like in a little scripty font and and it's probably like green and but you could you could do all that with text expander. And you, uh, you've probably got one of a of a bark like eating like a federation officer, right? A, a targ. It's a targ. A targ. Tark. Oh, sorry. I forgot. Um, and then we're not going to get into this until much later in the, in the episode, but text expander snippets can also be made up of Apple script and shell script. And I'm not smart enough to do much with that other than just copy and paste what other smart people have done. But those are pretty cool. Uh, and then once you set the content of a snippet, you need to set the trigger of a snippet. And so the trigger is basically the thing that you type in order to expand the snippet. And the trigger can either be case sensitive, meaning, uh, okay, so I'm just going to give you this example. And forgive me, but uh, but it's an easy one and you'll remember it. So my snippet for follow-up, as you can imagine, what that might be is the first two letters in the word follow-up. So if those letters are all lowercase, then then follow-up will be lowercase. If those letters are all uppercase, then follow-up will be uppercase. So you can either make uh, the snippet case-sensitive, meaning that if you type it differently, it's not going to expand, adapt to the case, which means lowercase equals lowercase and uppercase equals uppercase, or just it doesn't matter, whatever you type, it's going gonna, it's gonna to expand it the same either way. Uh, and then lastly, and I want to talk to you a little bit about this, is... Uh, you can choose a delimiter to expand the snippet. So in in my case, I tend to type abbreviations for words, and then I type the semicolon. So if I wanted to expand my email signature, I typically type SIG semicolon. And that tells my uh, text expander snippet to go ahead and expand. But it sounds like you don't do that. You would just type maybe this is not it, but it would be SSIG. You tend to double the first letter. No, I don't. It, that For some reason with the phone numbers, I did that when I first started using Text Expander. I think it was one of the recommendations. I mean, that that is what I'll call my legacy expansion. Okay. <laughs> that, that goes back many, many years. Um, generally, you know, everybody that does Text Expanders, they have their modifier key. And that's, that's and nerds can argue about this for a long time. Um, in the past, I've used periods as the first modifier key, but because the platform goes over to iOS and it syncs your thing snippets to iOS. And we'll be talking about that later too. Um, I want to use a modifier key that is on the basic iPad keyboard because I, I do a lot of typing on the, on the iPad. So uh, my modifier key is X, just the letter X before whatever I'm going to type. And that, that puts it into text expander. Cause there aren't, there aren't many words that start with the letter X. So X sig would be your email signature, or in, if you updated it, Excel would be your cell phone. And yeah, I guess my my concern with that is, and the reason I haven't updated mine is that iOS can autocorrect some wacky things, and maybe maybe it doesn't with X, the letter X. But no, I still run into trouble on occasion with that. But it it's a lot easier than having to go to an entirely separate keyboard to start my snippet. Yeah. I have avoided changing mine because I keep hoping that there's going to be um, a better option. And I think that there might be. And we'll talk about that at the very end of the show. Okay. Okay. So it's, but in general, it's pretty simple. If you're going to start using text expander, come up with kind of a, 
a, a system that you're going to use, uh, put the letter X or a semicolon or something before your snippets. You want to keep them short, but long enough that you remember, uh, you know, you, it, it's no good to you if you, if your, your snippets are so, so cryptic that you can't actually remember how they work. However, they do have a nice feature in text expander where it, it puts a little menu bar icon on your Mac and you can go up there and you can search your snippets. So, Oh, that's so got, useful. Set, set a, set a keyboard shortcut for that. Yeah, you and, and you have the ability to set a keyboard shortcut for it. So if you've got one, like if you've got one about a sales proposal and you've got a bunch of text, but you can never remember what it is, you go up there and type the word sales proposal because it not only searches the snippet text, I'm sorry, it not only searches the shortcut, it also searches the snippet text. So any word that's in that expanded snippet, it's going to trigger with that search, which is very useful. So, uh, you know, start doing that like anything this is repeated advice. In fact, I think we gave it last week uh, what, or even just a few days ago in the live show. When you're getting into something new that's automated like stuff, don't go crazy and make a hundred of them. Make three or four of them, get used to them, and then add a few more. Um, I think we talked about this on one of the MPU live shows, but I know not everybody listens to those. So I'll ask you to repeat that advice but what advice do you have for people in naming their snippets? Because I probably can keep a couple of dozen snippets expansions in my head, but I probably have hundreds of these text expander snippets created now. And I will find myself at least a couple of times a week having to go up to that search menu and say, gosh, what what is the abbreviation for that snippet? It's not one that I use every day. I, I know I created a text expander snippet for it. And I know sometimes you're just going to have to do that. But do you have any tips that you use for trying to remember what your snippet abbreviations are? Yeah, I, a, a couple. Number one is use the same modifier key all the time, even though I've already admitted Even I though don't. you just <laughs> disregard yeah. everything David said I've, in the previous I've outed section. Myself. Well, it's funny. The, the phone numbers, for some reason, is just the exception for that. And it's just because I started, that was like my first snippet I made. And they had recommended cell and then I didn't really think about it. And I've never gone through and changed it because it's muscle memory at this time. And frankly, you know, the, the principle of muscle memory is something in this application because I can make text appear on my Mac and I'm not even sure anymore what the snippet is. I just put my fingers on the keyboard and they come out because I use them so often. Uh, but uh, the other piece of advice I'd give you is all lowercase, you know, unless you have a reason like Katie's talking about, she's doing something with uppercase so she can make different versions of a snippet come out in uppercase. Right. But I use all lowercase all the time. And the advantage of that is, you know, because it's context sensitive, I don't have to sit here and worry, well, is it a capital X on this one or a small X or, you know, you just always use lowercase. And that's actually just good tagging advice as well. But, you know, if you keep everything simple in terms of case, that removes... 26 additional letters that you may accidentally hit. Um, and, and I think going slow and, and have kind of a, a system in place. I, for instance, one of my simple, what we, we're calling si simple snippets are ones that just you type a snippet and something comes out the other end is um, I'm constantly writing names of cases. You know, I, I'm a lawyer. I have cases or matters that I work on on behalf of clients. And the nature of my practice isn't one where I, at any one time, have 100 cases. Usually I have, you know, 15 or 20. And so I, um, 
I have snippets for every case. And if it's a, for instance, if I have a case called Smith v. Jones, I would, I would type X S V J. And every time it's the name of the plaintiff, the, First the name of the defendant. Right. Exactly. And, right. and with a V in the middle and there's no period or anything. And then it's an X because that's my modifier key. And whenever I need to write the name Smith v. Jones, I just go X S V J and it pops out. And, and that is something that I, you know, I've got a kind of a, um, I've got a naming convention in my head about how I'm going to handle those specific problems. Um, another one as I don't like to talk too much about lawyer stuff on the show because so many people listen to the show aren't lawyers, but maybe this can apply to your life somehow. Uh, we also have to, you know, bill our time as Abraham Lincoln said, a lawyer's time is a stock and trade. So I have to list what I'm doing and I've got these codes in my head for various things I do. And I've got a whole nomenclature to that as well. And it's very standard and everything just kind of pops out. So having a system for the different categories of listings you're going to do is a good way to help yourself. Well, so lowercase, have a system, consistent modifier. There's three tips. It sounds like we're getting ready to go there anyway. So maybe we should just go ahead and do it and talk about some of our text expander snippets. And the way I've kind of divided this up is into uh, simple snippets, a little more advanced snippets and really kind of advanced snippets. And so before we get into that, though, I do want to talk about, and I'm so excited about this, our first sponsor for this episode, and that is our good friends over at Squarespace. And as you know, both David and I host our websites on Squarespace, and that's because Squarespace makes it so easy and so fast to create a professional-looking website, portfolio, online store, whatever it is that you need. And I just need to go ahead and get this out pretty early in the ad spot that you can go to squarespace.com slash MacPowerUser and use the coupon code Shut up, Wesley. and receive 10% off. You like that? That was very clever, Kitty Floyd. I know. I just, I had that queued up ready to go and, and I'll repeat it later. Um, but Squarespace is consistently updating their platform with new features, new designs, and more support. They've got beautiful templates for you to start off. It's it's really, I think, impossible to make a website that looks bad on Squarespace. I guess you could go wonky with the colors because you start with a beautiful template from Squarespace and then you can start customizing from there. So if you decide I want a navigation bar on the left, on the right, maybe I don't want one at all. Maybe my colors are red and gray and I want to change the colors of my site to be red and gray to match things. Maybe I want to drop in a logo. Maybe I want to Uh, create some additional things in the header here. Maybe I want to link it to all of my sites. Maybe I want to connect to Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, Google, whatever. They've got plugins and they've got tools built in for all of that. And if you have things to sell, they even have an e-commerce platform for you. So it becomes very easy to set up a shop and sell just about anything in minutes. If you need help though, although it's incredibly easy to use. There are over 70 Squarespace employees on their customer care team who are ready to help you day or night, anytime during the week. So as I said earlier, you can try Squarespace for free, no credit card required, but if you decide that you want to go ahead and sign up, plans start at just $8 a month and include your own domain name. But you want to make sure you get that 10% off and show your support for Mac Power users. So you want to use that special coupon code. Shut up, Wesley. And that will show your support for Mac Power users. And how cool are the Squarespace folks for doing that? And for those of you who didn't catch that, the coupon code is 
Shut up, Wesley. So thanks. No space, right? No spaces. No space. All together, all caps. Shut up, Wesley. And so thanks to Spare Squarespace uh, for their support of Mac Power users. And um, thanks to TJ, who I think gave us that awesome coupon code idea. Squarespace gets us. They do. They do get us. Okay. Um, so let's talk about some of our favorite snippets that we're using kind of on the simple basis of type something in and get something out. So a couple of generic examples of simple snippets that I use. We we talked about some of them. Um, email signatures, greetings, closings, co- uh, commonly used words or phrases, things like that. Those are all things that I have snippets for. You know, one category I use all the time on my Mac is OmniFocus tasks because, you know, you get all, I add a lot of stuff to OmniFocus and I'm working in those tasks. And sometimes like I'll get an email from someone and I'll save it and it just saves the subject line. And I've got um, uh, text expander snippets that I just type in, in the task line, like research concerning prepare reply to just things that I repeatedly type in OmniFocus tasks. And there's nothing fancy to those. I just insert the qu- the the cursor where I want it and I type the snippet and it it gives me more explanation over what the task is. I mean, I think one of the mistakes you can make with OmniFocus is not making your tasks descriptive enough. Right. Because it makes a lot of sense when you put it in there and make it real cryptic, but a week later, you're not going to have any idea what that's about. Yeah. So you can use, you can use text expander to simplify that process. One of the things that I use text expander for probably more than anything else is misspelled words, probably because I'm a lousy speller. And, pretty lousy typist as well. And one of the things that you can upload or I guess download immediately within text expander is there are a couple of libraries that they will offer to load for you that you can automatically load from within text expander. And one of them is the tidbits autocorrect dictionary, which has several hundred misspelled words. And so if you type T E H, it knows that that will expand to T H E. And those are just Again, it's searching for that common misspelling and then automatically auto-correcting it to the proper misspelling. That's a great start, but we all have our own commonly misspelled words, including me who misspells my name more often than not. I don't know why, but whenever I type it, instead of spelling it K-A-T-I-E, I many times spell it K-A-I-T-E, and I have a text expander snippet that fixes that. Well, that's not that you don't know how to spell your name. You're just typing so fast Correct. that sometimes, and that's another good reason to have text expander, frankly. It just makes I, me I look wanna, foolish. It makes me look like I didn't take time to proofread my email, which clearly I didn't, or I just glossed over it. The, um, uh, the, oh, I have trouble sometimes with tech names. You know, they, a lot of them are different. Lately, I've been going to this problem with lightning cables. Oh, I keep forgetting I know. that there is, you know, it, there's no E in between the T and the N. And in fact, and, and you I, call it I light, mean, lightning, 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 yes. lightning. Yes. as yeah. in to whiten, right? So how yeah, do you, how do you how do you fix that? Because lightning well, is just, a word. Do you just not use the word lightning in your correspondence? Um, no, I just I, uh, I I created a different snippet. I don't use light. I don't use the word um, when I want to do a lightning cable. Okay, I yeah. just type L cable L. L X L C A B L E. So okay. X lightning cable. And then it just types lightning. And 
I, I made the mistake in a blog post, and then I went back and checked the presentations book. And, and, and I had misspelled Dr. Durang caught you, didn't he? Because he catches me every time when I do it. Well, I, I misspelled it like 20 times, by the way. In the oh, book. no. Because, <laughs> you know, once you get going on it, it's hard not to. So And you never you never catch it because you just read right over it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And um, anyway, so uh, that's a good one. I think Sean Blanc did. Oh, my I, I favorite would. one ever, Sean Blanc did. Have you? Or you're going there. I'll, I'll let you go there. Well, he did a, a set of snippets that were all like tech related stuff, like how do you spell iPod Touch and you know some some of these weird capital you know camel case companies and all the other weird stuff that you have when you write about tech was it sean that did this it was sean who did this and my absolute favor he did is type i touch and see what happens oh did he, did he fix that <laughs> no you type i touch it it writes out like what are you a freaking moron there's no such thing as an yeah. i touch is it seriously? Did you just type that? Look, there's yes. no such thing as an eye touch. It's called an iPod touch. <laughs> right. Well, I'd never caught that one before, but thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll put a link in there for what Sean did. So I took Sean's library and I've been adding to it over the years as I find other you know technology related words that I tend to screw up. Yeah, that's a good one because I can never remember if time machine is one word or two, and if it's capital or not. The T and the M. I'm sure that's in there. Another one, another use for these simple snippets is copying over iOS paradigms. Uh, I have a friend that goes, uh, that he just, he added a text expander snippet that if he types two spaces in a row, uh, actually this is probably the advanced list because it involves moving the cursor, but it goes, it types a period and then a space. Hmm. So rather than, you know, because on iOS, if you get to an end of sentence and you hit the space bar twice, it adds a period and a space. He's done that on his Mac. I, I don't think I, I, that's never been something I've really felt I needed. I, I can hit the period as fast as I can hit the space bar. But I thought it was an interesting idea to say, well, I like some of these typing shortcuts we're getting on our mobile devices. Why not bring them over to your Mac? I also use uh, simple text expander snippets for a few simple phrases. You know, HTH becomes hope this helps. TFL becomes thanks for listening and other kind of boilerplate language and, 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 and things like that. Yeah. Well, both of us deal with a very large email load. Yeah. And I think yeah. that, that that's another one where the simple snippets are very useful. And um, I'm not saying that if you write me, you're going to get just text expander, <laughs> expander snippets back, but there's a chance at least a portion of it will be a text expander snippet because it's just a much easier. I mean, sometimes when I sell the books in PDF form too, and sometimes people have trouble getting the PDFs to download or to open them. And there's like three or four things that happen every time. And usually I don't have enough information to identify what the problem is. So I have a snippet that just explains the three scenarios and how you solve them. And I do that with a snippet. I mean, I couldn't sit there and type that out every time I, I got that email in. So it's quite useful for things like that. I, Merlin Mann had one that was something like to the extent, sorry, but I refuse to argue with the internet, which I thought was just brilliant when people send him emails telling them, you know, what a jerk he is. He just sends that snippet back. Oh, I like that. I don't get very many angry yeah. emails, but that's a good response. I, I don't either, but I'm, frankly, I don't usually respond to them at all unless it's yeah, don't feed somebody the makes a good point. Yeah. Right. But, but uh, I thought that was pretty clever. Um, so, uh, 
even at its most basic level, let's say you don't want to get advanced at all. This application to me is really, really useful. And I'm sure it has saved days of my life over the years, typing things repeatedly that, that I would have otherwise had to key out. And, you know, there's health benefits to that too. If you're dealing with RSI issues, I mean, it's just, it's just so useful on that most basic level. So how do you decide, Katie, when you're going to create a snippet out of some bit of text? Pretty much any time I find myself typing the same thing over and over again, I decide that it needs to become a snippet. In fact, I'm pretty sure Text Expander did this because I don't remember installing it myself. But there is a Text Expander service that is installed. And I think it still says create text expander three snippet. And we're now in version four of text expander. But once I find myself typing the same thing over and over again, if you just highlight it, I can right click and choose the service that says create text expander snippet. And it will go ahead and open up the text expander window and it will pre-populate that snippet information. And all I have to do is assign my key and then assign it optionally to a, um, to a group. And that helps me easily create snippets. You can also do that from the text expander menu, but the service makes it very, very easy to do. And I find myself, I have to be careful because previously I would find myself doing this only with big blocks of text because I felt, oh, it's it's only worth doing it for big blocks of text. But then I realized two or three words or phrases or even just a single word repeatedly can be well worth expanding a text expander snippet. The, one of the things that took me so long to do a text expander snippet for is something that I type every day, which is thanks, comma, return, Katie. And so now that's TK semicolon, which is how I close most of my emails. Yeah. So that's just your your signature in essence, but you're, you're also including the... Um... So you don't want to call it, salutation is at the beginning, right? I'm going to just expose what an idiot I am. I always mix this up. Yeah. Salutation is at the beginning and the closing is, there's a fancy name for it. Someone will email us and yeah. tell us what it was. Okay. Um, well, that's, that's all good. I, I would add to that when you finish typing something that you're like, wow, that was a lot of work. And we all have been there, whether it's in, e in an email or in a document for work or just anywhere. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of work and I might need that again. You can use the service like Katie was talking about, or you can just copy the text and you go up into the menu bar and Text Expander has an option, create snippet from clipboard. And I use that many times. I'd say, I, I don't want to say multiple times a day, but certainly multiple times a week. So whenever I just have something, I just capture it that way. And that's one of the nice things about the application is it makes it so easy to add these snippets. Yeah. And another thing that I should mention is that uh, there's also the ability, because sometimes you expand something and you realize it's not quite right. Maybe there's a typo in it, or maybe the information is outdated. I, I find this a lot after a new year rolls over because a lot of my snippets, I didn't wasn't smart enough to put the date math into it, which we'll talk about a little later, but I've actually typed out the date. And I go, oh gosh, that snippet says 2013. I need to edit that. There's a edit last snippet command. So it will edit the last expanded snippet. So whenever you t open that, whenever that snippet expands and you say, huh, that's not quite right, you can immediately go back in and fix it. Yeah. So you don't expand it. it. You don't expand it over and over and over again. Um, before we move on to kind of more advanced snippets, I thought I'd do a couple more of these simple ones from the Twitter feed. Okay. Um, Greg, Greg had one. He, he does a couple where he puts emoji in with snippets like, 
Uh, for the kissing emoji, he types K-K-I-S-S, or the heart one, he types H-H-E-A-R-T. I thought that was kind of clever. And, you know, we should mention that there is an entire emoji category that you can download from Text Expander. It's one of those built-in libraries. I've never been big into emoji. I don't know that I've ever used an emoji in my life other than the smiley face. Yeah, I, I haven't got there yet either, but my kids use them. So now I'm starting to, you know, when your kids do something, you just do it because anything you can do to interact with your kids, you're going to do. <laughs> uh, some uh, Carlo wrote in that he uses zip for his zip code. Um, I'm just trying to filter these through to the simple ones. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, you know, different emails and canned signatures. A lot of people are doing it for, for that type of work. Uh, Eric Fisher wrote in and he said, no, it, it, he, he cited the Merlin one too. Sorry, I don't argue on the internet. That's a good one. And that's why we all love her. That's why we all love Merlin. Right. And it was Ryan. I Oh man, now I feel really bad. I know Ryan, Ryan Ireland, famous Ryan Ireland. Oh. He's the one who puts the, the pet instructions out. It was not a lady. And I'm very sorry, Ryan, either that yeah, or I'm very happy. The operation was a success. Um, and then we had some, uh, Andy wrote in and he, he has some uh, legal based ones. Like everybody writes at the end of a brief, I think the court for its time and attention in this matter, he's got one like that does that. So we don't there, do that a lot in of Florida. Well, we don't yeah. think the court we're rude. That's, that's not very classy of you, but that's another discussion. Um, but so there's a lot of people that do them. And then Stephen Hackett completely wins for the simple, um, snippet. And I'm not sure that this really qualifies as simple, but it doesn't use any advanced features, but he can type in a snippet, a semicolon jump, and it creates an ASCII art of a man jumping off a building. That's right. Okay. Got it. He He does a Sherlock right there. Did you ever watch Sherlock? Uh, the um the BBC series? Yeah. Um you told me you're going I've, to. I've watched most of it. I'm in series two right now. Okay. I'm a, I'm on episode two, series two. Episodes two, I think they're kinda like the odd numbers, even though they're the even numbers, but you know what I mean? Like by the odd numbers. It's a yeah, Star Trek thing. That's a, that's a Star Trek thing. I get <laughs> yeah. it. Except season three, episode two is pretty good, so you got okay. something to look forward to. Yeah, I'm about halfway um, through season two, episode two, and it just, I, I, I got to go back. And now I, I've gotten to the point where I need to go rewatch it from the beginning. I'm like, oh, I got to restart it. Well, so, I'm sorry to give you so much work, Kate Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so we've talked about simple snippets. Let's move on to advanced snippets. And that is where you're taking advantage of some of the power in Text Expander because it can do a lot more than just watch what you're typing and then fill text in. It also has. I guess what I'd call kind of like programming elements to it, where you can have it do certain things with text. And one of my favorites is the ability to use the clipboard. So for instance, if you're going to use, you know, you've always got stuff saved to your clipboard, right? Yep. Um, a, a good example is a web link. So if I go into Safari and I go up to the, um, if I go into Safari and then I go up, you hit command L, which selects the address bar, the URL in the above bar. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you hit command L it automatically selects whatever your URLs and command C. So you hold down the command key and type LC. So that you've, you've captured the link of wherever you're at. I do this all the time when I want to link something on the website. 
And then I can go over to my ed text editor, whatever it is, and I can type, you know, X link. And then it'll create a markdown link. It'll type in the letters for the markdown and it will paste in the contents of the clipboard. So all of a sudden I've just created a link that's very kind of tedious and hard to do with a keyboard, but very fast because of text expander. Makes sense. But I, I think you're getting a, ahead of yourself a little bit. You want to jump okay. right into the examples of the advanced snippets, but you haven't told people kind of some of the things that the what the advanced snippets are and what they can do. Well, I just I explained that one of them is you can use a clipboard. Right. right. All right. So, so an advanced snippet is something that has a variable in it. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, that's better. That's okay. you're you're you you got it. Okay, just so, run with it, Katie. Foley. An advanced. Snippet, I'm going to sit here and pet my targ. You pet, pet the targ. targ. Yeah, sit there targ. with your targ. Targ or triple. Those are, that's nice and soothing. Just don't let it eat after midnight or something like that. So, advanced snippet has a variable with it. One, as David just gave in his example, is the clipboard. So, it will put the contents of the clipboard somewhere in your snippet. Could be at the start. Could be at the end. Could be at the beginning doesn't matter. It just will stick the clipboard into your snippet. Another advanced variable in one of the text expander snippets is reposition the cursor. So if you expand a snippet, you can then tell it when it's done with its expansion to reposition the cursor to this specific point. For example, if you know that that's always where you're going to continue typing, if you want to expand a snippet, but then you need to type in a specific spot, you can do that. You also may want to consider instead of doing that, using a fill-in-the-blank snippet. And there are multiple types of fill-in-the-blank snippets. So if I was doing a letter, for example, I might want to say, dear blank, and then continue with my boilerplate letter, but I want to customize it because I want to have your name on it. And so for the fill-in-the-blank snippets, you can have multiple fill-in-the-blanks, but you're the most sim the, the most simplest yeah the simplest of the fill in the blank snippets is a single blank that you type into and then you could have a snippet that has multiple blanks like dear blank thank you very much for the blank i love it blank i will use it every day i don't know i don't know why you have that extra blank in there but whatever um or there are multiple option snippets so you can do a snippet where you say I want to, we will either meet at my office, and if so, I want to put in this text, or if we're meeting by phone, I will put in this text. So if this happens, then I want to do this, or if this happens, I want to do this, and you can have um, multiple menu options. And well, then, just to, to go back, can I yeah, interrupt there? Like, yeah, go back. That example I gave earlier about the emails I get about the problems with PDFs. You know, I sell PDFs. That's part of my book business. and Usually, or quite often, I don't get enough information from the person to to fix whatever, to tell them whatever their problem is. But it's usually one of three problems. So if they do give me enough information, I have a selection snippet that's got all three solutions in it. And I check the box on the one that they need, and then they don't have to read the rest. And that's an example of an advanced snippet that you just described. Right. Yeah. But there are also pop-up snippets. So you could say instead of if if you were on if you knew that they only had one problem because with that with that fill in the with that type of snippet someone could have multiple problems their problem could either be a they don't have enough space on their hard drive or b I don't know I'm making this up they forgot to actually click the link to download it or c um you know I don't know they didn't actually buy the book and pay me some money to actually you have to actually pay me money to do this 
Well, if they already told you, hey, I, I paid my, my 10 bucks, I really want to download this, I don't know what's wrong, you're not going to send them snippet C, but you might send them A and B because you don't have enough information yet. But if you yeah. know that whatever their problem is, you could just send them one or both. The The other type of snippet you can send in is a, is a pop-up menu snippet where you only have one choice. If I choose this, then I get this section of text. If I choose this, then I get this section of text. So it's really smart. So I think I think we've covered all the fill-ins and the pop-up types of snippets, I hope. They're very useful, yeah, and, and we'll give some specific examples of them in just a few minutes. And, and in the pop-ups, you can have a predefined list of answers. In fact, we should link. I did a video for them. I think it was version 4, maybe it was version 3, but I did a video for them about attending a meeting and you, you you can have a pop up if you have a a, a the same group of variables and every every time you're sending that email or writing that document, um, you can have it go through. Like if you're doing a contract, you could have his, her, or its. I mean, a lot of times you have to pick between one of those, and you could have pop ups that just allow you to pick that as you fill in the snippet. Right, uh, and then the last type of snippet, which I know you like a lot, is date and time snippets. And then they can also make the date and times do math. So it's one thing to fill in today's date, today's time, but it's another thing to say, what's the date and time going to be date and time plus three days or date and time plus three hours. So those are fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've got some great examples of how to use these advanced tools to make some really great snippets. Before we do that, though, I'd like to talk about our sponsor, 1Password, who we're very pleased to have back with the show. Uh, 1Password is the solution to so many of the problems with Internet security out there these days. I was talking to a friend who said, boy, do I need virus software? And I'm like, I don't know that you really do anymore. It's it, The virus software isn't the problem. The problem is you, securing your data out in the world with people who don't necessarily care about your data as much as you do. And one of the most common vectors for the bad guys to get into your life is to get your password from service X and use it in service Y. And it's only natural that if you're trying to come up with your own passwords, you're going to end up inevitably uh, coming down to two or three passwords that you use. I mean, we've all been there. I remember before one password, I had like the what I considered to be my secret password and my what I consider to be my less secret password. And I only used one of those two at every service. And I know somebody out there listening here is doing the same thing and don't beat yourself up over, but do realize that you're making yourself very vulnerable because most services in order to get in, they're going to need your email address and they're going to need your password. Well, if they hack into one company that has your email address and your password, uh, there's a good chance the bad guys are going to take that information and try it at other services and see if they can get lucky. And if you're using the same password in multiple places, that's exactly what they'll do. And we find out quite often that a lot of what people consider to be hackings, you know, I got hacked by X or Y, is simply the bad guys got your password somewhere else and they tried it in a bunch of other places and now they own a bunch of your data. And it can get really scary if they get into, you know, one of the more important sources of your data. Well, 1Password solves that problem. It allows you to create safe and secure passwords. The application creates the passwords for you, so you don't have to rack your brain to figure it out. And they make really ultra-secure passwords. In fact, there's a little dial in the application, so you can crank it up as high as you want. And 
You've got these crazy long passwords, but they're all going to be remembered by the application. So when you go to site X and you type in your crazy long one password, uh, password, if the bad guys get that, they're not going to get anywhere else because at sites X, you know, Y and Z and A, B and C and everywhere else, you're going to have different passwords. And that's what one password allows you to do. I mean, that's the basic entry point. And I think it's an absolutely critical service with the way the Internet is going these days. I think more than ever, we need to have really safe and secure passwords. They need to be different from every website. And we have to have an easy way to track it. One password gives you the best of both worlds. It allows you to have those really secure passwords, but it also gives you the convenience of being able to log into websites on your computer without going and looking for you know, your little black book or your Excel sheet that says passwords on your desktop or wherever else you keep this stuff. So it's just a really great service for that. But they've grown on that in so many ways. Over the years, one password has added the ability to secure notes, not even passwords, but just special data you want to keep somewhere. They have versions now on all the iOS devices and Android and Windows, which just got updated, by the way. All the stuff can sync over iCloud or Dropbox. So no matter where you're at, you've got access to this stuff. And it, you know, it just keeps getting better. Now they have the ability to look at your websites for you and tell you the ones that they think are vulnerable to exactly that scenario I just described. They actually go through and say, hey, this this site was hacked and you should probably be changing your password there. They even audit your passwords for you and tell you the sites that they think you should be going to update your passwords on. It really is a one-stop solution to solve all of your password problems. It's made by some really smart people that really care about protecting your privacy. And, you know, I use it and my whole family uses it and I can't give it any better recommendation than that. Go check out 1Password at onepassword.com or agilebits.com. That's the name of the company. They've got various licenses depending on what you want and how you're going to use it. Like if you're on multiple platforms, they've got a solution for you. If you're just on the Mac and the iOS, then they've got solutions for that too. Um, this is one I do buy from the Mac App Store because I want to put my whole family on it and it's kind of a good price to get in there and have everybody using it. But you'll figure out what works for you. Uh, check it out at um, onepassword.com. And uh, thank you, 1Password, for sponsoring the show. Examples of advanced snippets. Uh, I have a couple that I use. You know, I have my fancy filing system where I try to date stamp everything, and the date is the first uh, piece of a file name. I think yeah, I learned I think that. A, I think I learned that from some guy's book. I don't remember what it was. I think that's a good entry point. If you're saying, hey, I've been doing the simple ones. I want to get more advanced. The first one is set up your own date stamp. It's not hard at all. Um, and and so he, the here, way here's how you do it, because I want to explain to people how you do this, because you'll tell them wrong. Okay, sorry. The, the way that you do it is you can go in, and they've got fields for the year, and then you put a dot. And then they've got fields for the month, and then you put a dot. And then they've got fields for the day, and then you put a space, and then you're done. That's how you do it, right? If, um, if you want to be, if you want to make it really hard on yourself and make it hard to read, that's exactly how you should do it. Okay. Um, I, I use dashes, just saying. You could use spaces. They make your Some file people, name so much longer. And and so much more readable. Readable. Uh uh, some people don't put anything in between. They just, you know, they just use the digits and go across like uh, it would be 2014-0707. I think the leading zeros are important when you do this stuff. I agree. Uh, it's not 
it's not as important anymore because computers are smart enough to figure it out. It used to be that, you know, if you didn't have the leading zeros, then uh, January 7th, or, or let me make, use a simpler example, January 2 without the early zero would be sorted right next to January 20. But the max generally got that figured out now. But I think it's a lot more readable and easy to kind of discern as you go through it. And you're thinking about future proofing this stuff because you, you can't know where you can't files. always count on those date created and date modified to be preserved. Sometimes they aren't on network volumes, and sometimes they aren't if files are touched or modified or moved or whatever. And um, and you don't have to put in the full snippet for. Let's go on that. I just want to dwell on that for a little bit because I've been thinking about adding this to an update to the paperless book. Is sometimes you'll you'll want to put a date string on something. And a good example is a letter. Let's say you have a letter from two days ago and you just scanned it in and you want to put the date of the letter in the name. Well, if you use the standard date snippet in TextExpander, it's going to put today's date and then you would have to backspace and change it to two days ago. Um, one of the ideas I, I've been using is I have a separate date snippet that just does the the year and the month and it puts a dash at the end. So it would say, we're recording this in July. So it would say 2014 hyphen zero seven hyphen. And that's it. And then your cursor is there at the end for you to type in the last two digits. Exactly. I mean, it sounds silly, but that stuff helps because you want to get it done as quickly as possible. Sure. Uh, I have a couple of different date snippets, you know, one for when I want the last day of the month, or excuse me, one when I want the day, one when I don't want the day, one that's a fill-in when I want to fill in what the date's going to be. I have one, uh, and this is where I do vary from my naming convention just a little bit. For example, dot date does the date string as though I'm typing it in a file name, but date semicolon expands a full nice date, as you can see, we're recording this on the 7th, July 7th, comma, 2014, as though I'm typing it in the letter. Yeah, so if you're if you're putting a, the header in a letter, you, you can't put numbers, you have to put the full date up. And, Supposedly, and that's, that's the proper thing to do. I, I would be like fine, David. Disagree. I would be fine if you would send me a letter with 2014.07.07. I'd be fine with that. I'll send you a picture of me and my targ. <laughs> Perfect. Targ. 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 Or unless it's targ the targ. Okay. I, I'm just trying to remember because mm. I have to admit that was one hole in my Star Trek knowledge. Jeez. You don't remember Christopher Lloyd and his targ? That, that's the one where he invents interspace travel, right? Oh, no. Keep, just keep talking. What, what other um, advanced snippets <laughs> do you have? Um, I want to talk a bit about how to make that. I mean, I understand that Katie wants you to put periods in it, but if you've never done an advanced snippet before, uh, when you're in the application, and, and I don't like to talk through this stuff too much because it's an audio podcast and people are banging their heads against steering wheels, but um, when you're in it, it's worth knowing. When you're creating a new snippet, it's not obvious. There's a little button on the bottom uh, screen. It's a two pane screen. that has got a list of your snippets and then a, a field where you type in the text of your snippet. Below that is a little cursor with an arrow next to it. And you want to tap that and then you're golden. You're going to get into all the various advanced snippet tools you can get. And like Katie said, you can have a snippet that puts January as a zero one with the leading zero, or it types January as the letters J A N, mm -hmm. or you can have it that, you know, goes the full Monty and gives you the full January. 
or even the day of the week. Like if you want to say Monday, January one, whatever it, you can do all this stuff. So I recommend going through that list and seeing what's available. In addition to the date, you can also have a timestamp. So, um, one of mine is X D T S that's date and timestamp. And when I am uh, taking notes after I get off the phone with somebody, um, in my text editor, I can just type X DTS. It's funny. I have to think about these cause they just roll off my fingers at this point. It'll put in a full date, you know, a number format with dashes and a colon and then the timestamp and a carriage return. So it just does that gives it its own line and I can just start typing. And then I could type something like X, uh, SVJ, you know, Smith V Jones. And then I can type of whoever I talked to and what we talked about and using snippets like that, you can get very fast at this stuff. So in addition to date, time is another one. Yeah, that's good. I never answered your question though. What was your question? I don't remember anymore. <laughs> I honestly don't remember what my question was. Okay. I got another advanced snippet for you and, and file naming. Um, okay. Like if you have, um, some of this might've been in the paperless book. I don't know. I've kind of evolved on some of this stuff since then, but um, when you get something in the, in the email and it's a receipt for something business related and you want to save it for your taxes or whatever. Um, I have one where I, I say um, dot uh, T E and that that's a dot because it goes back, you know, to before I switch over to X, you know, some of these, it's just memory, but anyway, dot T E is a, a tax expense and it puts in the date, the current date. And then it says, um, tax expense. And then in the middle, it places the cursor in the middle. That's another thing you can do with an advanced snippet is you can tell it where's the cursor going to be at the end of all this. So it puts information at the beginning and it puts information at the end. And the information at the end is just basically a, a, a tag, a simple tag that Hazel is looking for. And then in the middle, I write exactly what it is. So I, I do dot TE and then I can type in, you know, purchase of, you know, new electric fence for my TARC and then it will, when it's done, I hit return, it'll save it. Now that used to not be possible, but text expander now does work in the naming field, like on the save dialog box. When that's done, then Hazel will see a file with that name, with the words tax expense in it or something to that regard. And it does its own magic. You know, it'll make a copy. It'll save it to a certain folder. I could have it send it to the accountant or, you know, whatever you want to do with the file. And that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, but Naming files with uh, advanced snippets is, is quite useful. I have a very similar snippet that I use for sending my tax receipts to Evernote, and it will do much the similar thing. It is uh, EVT semicolon, which stands for, in my mind, Evernote tax. And we talked about in the Evernote episode how you can forward an email to Evernote and it will save it into a particular Evernote notebook. Well, I will receive oftentimes um, receipts via email because nowadays a lot of places will email you receipts. And so I will simply forward that email to my Evernote notebook, and then I will change, I will highlight the subject area of the email and type in EVT semicolon. And that will create, that will expand into a snippet uh, that is the proper date format, .2014.07.07. And then it has, I don't remember if it has a fill-in field or if it puts my cursor back there, but whatever is, it's a space in the middle for me to write something. And then it ends with at uh, tax receipts 2014, which is my Evernote notebook where I store all my tax receipts. 
Another example of an advanced snippet, and this is one, a simpler one, just using a clipboard where you can take a clipboard content and create a whole set of fields. Um, an example would be if you were in a sales job and you had like a common set of questions for a potential lead or client, and you want to use the client's name and the questions to make it look more personal, but they're always the same set of questions. You know, what, you know, what types of anvils does Acme Inc. usually buy? And so, and then the next one is, you know, how many roadrunners does Acme Inc., you know, whatever. So you could go through and you could have all of them and you just have a clipboard field throughout it. And then you could type the word Acme Inc. anywhere on your Mac, save it and copy it. So it's in the clipboard and then you could type fire off the snippet and it would create the list of five or six questions with the company name in each one. I create a lot of form letters with text expander and sometimes I'll send them via email. Sometimes I'll uh, expand them into a full blown uh, word processor. And a lot of times these, these letters are customized based on person and based on things. So for example, if I'm sending, I almost always will send out a letter before meeting with someone. And that has multiple, if I can skip ahead and use multiple types of fill-in snippets with it. A, a typical letter has multiple fill-in snippets. And so with one text expansion and a couple of fill-in-the-blanks, I've got a complete letter done. And so I, I put in the date and I put in the address of this person or whatever their address is, assuming it's not an email. And then it will it will typically be a, a consult letter. And I have different consult letters for different areas that I practice in and different snippets for each of those, but they're all variations of the same thing. And it's dear blank for a single line snippet. It was my pleasure today to speak with you regarding your blah, 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 blah. Here's a little introductory paragraph. And then I have a, um, a, a selection snippet, which is choose one of these options that will expand a different paragraph of text depending on whether the next action is almost always I'm sending the client something and they've got to get back to me and they're going to bring all this document back and we're going to have an in-person meeting or they're going to fill all this information out and fax it to me and we're going to follow up with a phone call. So I have a, a different uh, option snippet for phone call and a different option snippet for in-person meeting. And then I, I, close it with some instructions about next steps of, of what we need. And there are usually a few, uh, it's either an optional selection of I need, uh, and I have a list of four or five things and I check off the ones that I, I need from them and then a closing and the letter is done. And I can uh, whip out a, a page to a two page letter, depending on the subject area in, you know, 30 seconds. It's kind of bad um, in a several- totally awesome way. Yeah, um, several about a year ago, somebody on the internet, and I don't have the person's name in front of me, but wrote a, a, a blog post about how they do movie reviews with a text expander snippet. And I really got into this. And because I started realizing, you know, when I do go see a movie or read a good book, why not, you know, kind of keep a little log of of what I read and what I thought about it, especially with books, because sometimes someone tells me a book and I can't remember if I've read it before or not. And I um, so I put I went crazy with this. I've, I've listed these. This is at that maxsparky.com slash TE snippets. But if I type movie review or book review, it gives me a whole list and I've got fields, fill in snippets for like in the movie review, fill in snippet for the title and the director. I've got a pop-up for the genre, which is drama, action, sci-fi, biography, documentary, comedy. Notice horror isn't in there. I just can't get into those. I don't yeah. even go see those. Yeah. Um, 
the um and then I have a feel for who recommended it for me. I have a feel it puts a it puts a date fill in date to say um the date that I reviewed it, which is usually the day I saw it. Sure. I have a rating field and I went in and and found the um the character codes for the stars. So I have a, a star system where I can just pick how many stars it gets. I put in a thing about notable actors. I have a couple of things, best line, favorite character. And you don't have to fill in all these every time, but it just it just fills it out for you. And like this is something that I probably need to start doing in Evernote. I've been doing them in NVL, but I think this is a good example of another little step towards Evernote for me uh, of using the snippet in Evernote. So uh, that is a, a good advanced snippet that has a whole bunch of stuff in it, and it makes it really easy and fast for me to do a movie review. And we're going to talk in a minute about the iOS version, but because these things sync over to iOS and Text Expander on iOS supports all these fill-in snippets, I can actually do it right at, you know, as I'm... In writing, the movie right theater. At, well, no, I was going to say right after. You're afterwards. one of those guys. No, I'm not one of those guys. But even, you know, I can do it on my mobile device very quickly. Another one that I use, and this may be a little inside baseball, but whenever you have a common list of things that you select from, for example, we're pretty fortunate that we have a lot of returning sponsors to Mac Power users. In fact, I think this particular episode, all of our sponsors are returning sponsors. So I have created a text expander snippet. And the way that we put things in the the CMS at 5 by 5 is all of that sponsor information that you see is HTML. And so I, at one point, wrote out all the HTML information because at some point I knew how to write HTML, and I still could if I had to, but I really don't like to, in a text expander snippet, tested it, make sure that it works. And then on any given show, when I go to put the information in the CMS, it's just a matter of, okay, what were the sponsors for this show? Click, 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 done. And boom, it it puts in the, the HTML. I know that it's correct. I don't have to write it every time because I will mess it up if I have to write it every time and we're good to go. Uh, okay. S- since we're kind of doing dueling advanced snippets, um, my uh, conference call snippet, which uh, I've seen strangely from some emails from Katie Floyd as well. <laughs> have, have you seen that? That's that, I, Anytime I send it to you, I'm tempted to put in a disclaimer at the bottom saying the snippet shamefully <laughs> stolen from David Sparks. Well, I, I have a, um, I have a free conference call.com account I've set up for the Max Sparking business. I do. And occasionally people want to do a conference call and it, it used to be so complicated to get that going. And now um, I just have a snippet and I type conference call and it, it gives because it's always the same phone number. So it gives the phone numbers. I have a list in there where I can write down what the agenda is. I have a pop up to say how many minutes I think it should take. So, you know, people have a realistic expectation about how long we can be on the phone and just several of the items that are relevant to a conference call. So if someone says, hey, let's do a conference call at three o'clock, I say, sounds great. I hang up the phone, I open a new email, I type in the various recipients of the call or participants, then I type conference call in the body of the message, and I select a few boxes, and I hit return and send, and it just absolutely scares the hell out of everybody on the other side, because they're like, how did that guy get this together so fast? Yep. I- a related one is the meeting one. I have another one also that is for meetings, and... I think uh, so much of this stuff, you know, we all get from each other. I, I think the person who really got me interested in the meeting snippet was Jeff Takeman, who was our guest. He's the um, anesthesiologist at I want to say is it Duke? Where yeah, is he didn't did he do that for MPU one hundred or no? No, maybe he he did he that for have. our MacWorld session, didn't he? I don't yeah, remember. But, yeah, 
either way, it's just a great idea. He has a snippet that um, fills in and it allows you, you know, obviously you're going to be at a meeting, but you can have pop-ups for the people that are routinely at your meetings, the location, the agenda, like always every meeting I go in at the bottom, I have a thing called action items. I need to know when I walk out of a meeting, um, what it is that I'm expected to do as a result of having my butt in that chair. And we actually did a meeting on um, um, a show on meetings long ago, but anyway, uh, the, uh, I have an action item. So all this stuff is just a text expander snippet. So like if you're the Evernote person that wants to keep all your notes in Evernote, you could open Evernote and fill it in. Uh, you know what, Katie, I have to ask you, does Evernote recognize I on iOS recognize text expander snippets? I should know the answer to that. I, I want to say, I, I want to say no, but I don't think it's an issue because I always do it in drafts. Okay, same thing. So if you open up drafts or if you open up the iOS version of Text Expander, wherever you, you know, there's a million apps that do, you could type those notes. And if you're an Evernote person, you can paste it in or whatever. Uh, so that's a, I think those two really go together for me. I, I have the conference call and then I have the meeting minutes. Both of those are advanced snippets and they have a bunch of um, fill-ins. And if you're listening and you haven't done a fill-in, please just try it because it's so easy. It's not like you have to be super computer nerd guy to make this happen. Agreed. Or just, or just go to t, uh, maxsparky.com slash TE snippets and download mine and just use them. And then when you realize something in there that doesn't work for you, Go in and, and fiddle with it, and you'll be able to set it up however you want it. And the beauty of it is it's pretty easy to share text expander snippets. In fact, I know, David, I mean to share more with you, but you and I have a lot of uh, podcasting snippets that we share with each other. Yeah. Make, yeah sure, we do. make sure that we're giving the same information out to people. Yeah. Um, uh, another one that I use advanced snippets for are affiliate links. Like I said earlier, I oh, just that's made a, reference that, 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 you're getting ahead of yourself. That's a really advanced snippet. We're not in the really advanced category yet. Do you want to go there? Uh, n not the way I use them. They aren't. Mm, I think they um, are, but go ahead. I just, I just take the link. Like if I go into the iTunes store and I link, get a copy of a, uh, I copy the link for an app and then I type, you know, for instance, if it's going in a field guide, FG link, you never guess what I've been doing the last two weeks, right? Yeah. But the, uh, it, it, um, it pastes in the, you know, the link embedded in the, the, the surrounding sauce with the magic text that says, Hey, this came from David Sparks. Hmm. I don't, I don't, I know people are doing them more advanced than that, but for me, a simple text is, is just fine. Okay. Just like the, uh, Amazon affiliate, although I don't do that very often, is just I type Amazon A F F I L and it just I mean it's just a it's a it's a trailing bit of text at the end of the URL. So if you just put it there, that's good enough. And that works for you? Yeah. Man, I got I got this whole thing that Dr. Drang put together and made me do that was like some super Perl script something something. I'm sure. I'm sure whatever he's doing is better. In fact, he's caught a couple of mine that were bad because I had some, I did a few things wrong. Um, so it's probably better, whatever you're doing with him. But yeah. I just use the simple text stuff and it works fine. You should just search for him and he'll uh, he'll fix it up for you. He'll have a blog post about it tomorrow. He does. Worry. He has a blog post about it where he actually shared. No, he'll link you to the blog post that he already did for it. In fact, we'll put the link to okay. that blog post in the show notes and you can just, he gives it to you. You can just copy it and take it. Well, so, uh, you know, following up on the whole advanced snippet thing, 
the 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 one point I really want to make is if you're out there and you've been using Text Expander without the advanced snippets, I'm talking to you right now. Please go try it. And if you're intimidated by it, go download some of the many advanced snippets on my website and just open it up and take a look at it, and you'll see how easy it is to change it. And you know that little cursor with a little arrow next to it I told you about is where you go and just go in there and do it because this stuff can really be powerful. Every time we do a listener show and we, you know, we ask about this, we get some amazing snippets from people. I just recently heard from a listener who is a psychologist who has to do these very advanced tests on his patients and he has to report, you know, very detailed information in just pages and pages of text where, you know, there's multiple options on each section of these standardized tests. And it looks to me like it would just be dreadful to try and do all that, you know, the old fashioned way. And he uses a couple text expander snippets with these fill-ins that he's figured out. And he says he's turned something like, you know, two hours worth of work into 10 minutes worth of work. <laughs> and if you're listening to the show, I bet there's something in your life that you could use to do the same thing. It's scary. When I, when I look at one of the things text expander does is it gives you statistics about um, the amount of time you save. And one time I, cause I, I'm, you know, constantly updating and rebuilding Max and stuff. So I don't really have all of the time I've saved all the years, but just recently I went in there and I had saved like six days of my life since the last time I reinstalled it. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's, 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 it's just crazy. Um, why you wouldn't be doing this stuff. I mean, this is, I think, the entry-level automation. If there's, if you just want to get started with automation, get yourself Text Expander and just watch how much time you save. Well, why don't we we go ahead because we're we're running we're running up on our time here. So why don't we go ahead and move, uh, talk about our next sponsor, and then move into some of our more advanced workflows, and then talk a little bit. Of, well, even though I think we're already there, and then talk a little bit about uh, Text Expander for iOS and kind of where things are going in the future. You good with that? Great. Uh, our last sponsor for this episode is our good folks over at the Omni Group. And I really feel like I need to talk a little bit about OmniFocus 2, especially, David, since you talked last time about OmniGraffle. Because I have really been killing it recently. And sometimes you just get into a groove and things click. And I realized that I feel like I've been on top of OmniFocus and I've been on top of my task management system. And there is just a certain piece that comes with knowing that I'm on top of those things and that everything is accounted for and that everything's in my to-do list. And when I come into the office, uh, first thing in the morning, I open it up and I can see what I've got and I can prioritize a couple of things and I can set a few things that I want to do. And it just kind of sets the tone and it sets the pace for my day. And I really think that the new version of OmniFocus has a lot to do with that because I noticed that this trend of kind of getting on top of things and staying on top of things started about the same time that OmniFocus version 2 came out. And part of that may be just, you know, using the new and shiny thing because we all tend to get in these ruts and get a little lackadaisical. And part of it may be that the new version 2 is just awesome. It's uh, OmniFocus 1 was was just earth-shattering. And OmniFocus 2, I think, just really refines on that and makes it even easier to use. So what OmniFocus is, for the two of you who are brand new listeners to the show who've never heard us talk about it, it is it is task management system for your Mac and for your iOS device that 
uh, will sync across using Omni's uh, sync server or your own sync server if you're not comfortable putting your tasks and things into Omni's cloud. But it allows you a very greater method of control over all of your tasks using the GTD method, David Allen's getting things done method of organizing, categorizing, and figuring out what you can do now, what is deferred to later, what you've got coming up next. Uh, And I love the new forecast view that lets you kind of get an idea of what's going on with my week. You know, I can see that tomorrow's a little light day, but I'm going to be really slammed on Thursday. I've got uh, seven or eight things that are due on Thursday. And so just looking ahead at my week, realizing, well, if tomorrow's a little light, what of my Thursday tasks can I go ahead and pull forward and start working on tomorrow and Wednesday and maybe lighting, lightening the load and evening things out a little bit for Thursday? Um, the interface is just awesome and I think very refreshing for helping to get things won to get things done. And the beauty of OmniFocus 2 is it costs even less than version 1 does. Uh, OmniFocus 2 starts at just $39.99 for a regular license and a pro license costs just $79.99, which if you'll recall was the same price as OmniFocus 1. And if you already have OmniFocus version 1, you can get uh, upgrade pricing uh, if you purchase direct from Omni for even less. And if you're looking for some help in getting started, um, I would suggest there's a couple of support short, they call them videos over at uh, Omni's website that show off the new interface. Um, And they've also created a brand new website called Inside OmniFocus. That's at inside.omnifocus.com that has collected some really helpful information and done some interviews with notable folks. Um, There's the Sparks guy up there about their workflows, systems, and tools, and how they use OmniFocus to get things done. So um, check it out. It's uh, OmniFocus version 2. You can download a free trial on the OmniFocus website. And with all of the OmniFocus products, if you buy direct from their website, and this is one that I probably would, like David, um, I prefer to buy these more expensive apps that are eligible for upgrade pricing in the future through the OmniFocus store. Uh, you can buy it from them. If you've got a previous version, you can look at upgrade pricing. And Omni also does educational pricing if you qualify. Um, Omni also has a money-back guarantee on all of their products. So if you get into it and you decide that you don't like it, let them know. Uh, so check it out at omnigroup.com and thanks to the folks at Omni for supporting the show. Okay, a couple things on the more advanced features in Text Expander we haven't even really covered yet is that in addition to being able to use the Text Expander built-in software to make some of these advanced snippets, you can also use some programming. And this is where it does get geeky. Like you can put a Perl script or a Bash script into into this and it will operate as it will fill that in and and run it at the time that you trigger the snippet. Um, We had a couple people that we've talked to over the years about this. Um, One of them is our friend Mark over at Trovo, and he does, uh, he he can check his stock portfolio and his financial stuff using a bash script where he goes and it generates the URL. Like if he wants to have a check out a ticker symbol, it, it goes and pulls it and then stores it to his clipboard. And this is, um, this is not something I can really describe in an audio podcast, but basically his computer is running a program for him all through text expander. And it's just not, not possible anywhere else. Um, Apple script is another good example. Like Katie, you were talking about earlier, how you have a snippet that allows you to name something before it gets into Evernote. Um, 
Are you using an Apple script and text expander there to send it to Evernote? Hmm. I hadn't thought about that. No, I'm not. I'm just, you, I'm doing this you, through email, but I can, I didn't even know I could do that. It, well, it supports Apple script. So it, I'd have to think about it, frankly, but the, um, that, you know, there, there's a lot you can do with this stuff. If you kind of want to take it to the next level, I wouldn't be, you know, it, it, it's really quite remarkable that the guys at smile are always just trying to add that extra edge to their application. And you give that to someone like Brett Terpstra. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's, he's done some really great stuff. Like I, I've got a whole bunch of Markdown snippets. Like, you know, we haven't really talked about Markdown much in the show, but text expander is a great tool if you like to write in Markdown because a lot, even though Markdown makes writing for the web easier, it still is a syntax and you still need to, you know, surround certain things with brackets and have certain things done a certain way. Well, using simple things like just using the clipboard or some of the other tools available in the advanced tools, you can really simplify your markdown. In fact, I have a set of my markdown snippets available at the website. I'm going to stop saying that there's a whole bunch of them there, uh, but uh, Brett, took it up a notch and put a whole bunch of, um, I think they're bash. I'm not really sure what he wrote them in, but he wrote like markdown tools using text expander, which are on his website too. I guess we should link to that as well. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you can really go really deep with this stuff. It's not some, it, us trying to explain that is, is really not a very good use of anyone's time, but just let, let you know, there's a lot there. Um, then the other piece of this whole puzzle is iOS, because most of us are not just driving Macs all day. We also have iPads and iPhones and smile is there. You know, smile's got text expander touch, which is on iOS. It works great on the phone and the iPad. And there's a couple layers to this, this application. The first is it allows you to sync your snippets from your Mac to your phone. And if you think about it, I've got hundreds of snippets. I'm not going to go recreate all those on my iPhone or my iPad. But if they're all going to come over, I'm going to love having them there. And then, so it's a, it's a sync engine. And it's not working through iCloud. It's working through Dropbox. Because, Correct. you know, the uh, they're not selling the Mac application through, through the um, App Store. So it's got to be separate system. You know how that all works. Um, but it works just fine. It syncs through Dropbox. And then... And then it's got a text editor right in the application. So not only can you see all your snippets in the application, you can open the text editor and start typing. And this is what I do, for instance, after yogurt, after the movie, when I want to do the quick movie review, I'll just open it on my phone and and type in the snippet and fill it in and use Siri, frankly, to dictate in and get whatever I want about the movie and capture it. And and that's all done in the application because the fill in the more advanced stuff is going to need to be in the text center app expander application, but there's more to it than that because other app developers can tie into text expander and use your snippet library in their application. I think smile was the first company that I'm aware of that created an API for their application on the iPhone. I, as far as I'm aware. Yes. I'm, I'm sure there was others, but they're the first company I have. They're probably the biggest company to do it first. And so what that means is like my beloved drafts app uh, drafts is in my doc. I use it all the time. It taught, it converses with smart with the, uh, with text expander. So when I fire off my snippets and text in, in drafts, they automatically work. And the way that works is it does a URL callback to the application to update 
you know, the library. I don't have to do that very often because once you do it once, the snippets don't change that frequently. But it it pops into Text Expander, grabs the data, goes back to drafts, and then it's got everything it needs right there. And even for fill-in snippets, it will pop over to um, text expander on iOS and fill it in and then send the data back. I mean, drafts is one of the leaders in kind of compatibility with text expander. So, um, having this stuff on your computer is great. Having it on your phone where you've got that little tiny keyboard in a lot of ways is even better. Yeah. Byword is another app that has great text expander support. And that's one of the reasons why I tend to write in Byword more than anything else on my iOS devices because I can use all of those text expander snippets. In fact, Brett Terpstra did that that infamous uh, iOS text editor chart. And when I was looking at text editors, you could check off the criteria that you want, and I wouldn't even consider anything that didn't have text expander support. Yeah, honestly, I'm going to have to check this out about Evernote. If Evernote doesn't support text expander uh, in that idea of replacing NVL with something like Evernote, that becomes much less attractive to me without the text expander support. Well, it definitely, I mean, obviously anytime you're using it on a Mac, you're going to be fine. Yeah. But I'm not always on a Mac. Um, there's a little bit of history with the way that text expander shares that data to these other applications. They've done it in various different ways. And last year, famously, Apple said, hey, the way you're doing it won't work anymore. You're going to find a new way. And the uh, the guys at Smile, you know, rolled up their sleeves and they found a new way and it works. Um, the, the one thing is now you do need to have that URL callback. You do need to go in the app and say, update my text expander library occasionally. But honestly, I find that really not as intrusive as as I thought it might be. Right. Um. The uh, so and then there's what's happening in the future. So we just had this WWDC where Apple all of a sudden held hands with every single developer in the room and they they sang Kumbaya and they took selfies together. And and it sounds like, you know, we're going to have an extensible system that's going to allow apps to talk to each other. And one of the first things I thought was text expander, you know, things are going to get easier for text expander. I don't know exactly how all that plays out. I've, I've kind of kept, you know, my, I know people at smile, obviously, but I've kind of been in the dark about this. I didn't want to tell them we were going to do a show on their app and make them feel weird. But, um, I suspect there that it will get better with iOS eight, even though I don't think it's really that bad right now. I can talk about this a little bit and I'm not sharing any secrets, uh, because Greg, Greg Scown, who's one of the principals over at smile, actually went on uh, Alice Sheridan's podcast, the Nocillacast podcast, and talked publicly about this. So I would direct you to that episode. It was a couple of weeks ago was was that episode. And he was very forthcoming and saying, hey, this is this is all very new. We're not committing to everything. We're just kind of talking very hypothetically about the types of things that are possible for an app like Text Expander. And they were very excited about the possibility of, yes, something like Text Expander looks preliminarily like it could work as an iOS keyboard. Now, there are a couple of problems with iOS keyboards. Um, one is it appears that you can only, ha- although you can switch back and forth between keyboards, you can obviously only be using one at a time. So if you decide that you want to use the Text Expander keyboard, and what is it called? Swift key, swipe key is one of those um, popular swipe keyboard typing techniques, Uh, 
you couldn't use text expander with this. I'm going to call it swipe key. That may not be its name. I apologize. You know, you couldn't use necessarily text expander with the swipe key keyboards. So is there an avenue where text expander could perhaps do their own keyboard, but then also perhaps partner with, with other apps to, to build into their keyboard. And that, that would be interesting because if there are other keyboards that become very popular, having text expander built in could add to their popularity, but could also add to the adoption of text expander. Uh, personally, having text expander built in would be enough for me. I'd be, I'd be happy with that just to have text expander everywhere. Um, there are also some limitations on using text expansion in secure text fields. I personally wouldn't want to use text expander to expand passwords, but I, I think some people probably do. And I'm not yeah, sure how the, far those limitations go. One of the people on Twitter wrote in and says, I use it for um, passwords and, and non-secure websites. And I'm really not a fan of that. I mean, I just, I just, I think it's okay. You know, I, I don't want to go another into the one password thing again, but it's okay having really good passwords everywhere. There's, that's not such a bad thing. Yeah. And I, I, I think the text expander people would agree with me. So uh, I'm, you know, this whole key, this whole keyboard thing is very interesting to me because the iOS environment is such a rich ecosystem. Uh, every time I hit that word, I have trouble with it. But the, um, I think that there's going to be kind of an arms race and there's going to be a lot of competition to make some great keyboards. And the, that's going to really start up very quickly when iOS 8 shows up. So having features like text expander in, in, integration, if it's available, is going to be something that the top keyboards are going to race to do. I, I would I'm hope all so. for it. Yeah. In, I don't know. Well, I guess even if even text expander does add a keyboard, then I guess that still doesn't solve my semicolon problem because then I still have to shift to the other side of the keyboard. But maybe they'll add a keyboard with a semicolon on the front page of it just for me. No? The Katie Floyd. The Katie, the Katie Floyd, Floyd text, text expander, expander keyboard. <laughs> keyboard. <laughs> hey, there. Companies have put features in because you've asked for them, Katie. That's so true. you never know. Um, but the uh, I I don't know. I think in in the terms of the, of the future of text expansion and text expander, I think this app is going to be around for a long time. And uh, investing time in it is a really smart move. You you are literally going to save days of your life if you get get good at this. And if you type a lot. And boy, there's nothing, nothing better. Yeah, that's true. Um, so we've, we've gone on now. We've about hit our, our famous or infamous hour and a half mark with regards to text expander. Yeah, we haven't really, I guess there's some alternatives. We didn't mention that. Um, there's the Apple shortcuts, which is everywhere and Apple's slowly getting better at that. And those but now it, sync. I, is it was it Mavericks that those all of a sudden started to sync? I think nobody said anything, and boom, they started to sync back and forth. Yeah, for it was terrible for a while. You you would create them, and you'd have to go create them again on your iOS device, even though they were supposed to be in iCloud. But that's getting better. But you know, all the advanced stuff, the fill in snippets, the date snippets, that stuff's never going to show up. Yeah. Now I will say that there are s several uh, shortcuts that I have built into Apple Shortcuts, just because it's so easy for those places where Text Expander isn't. Yeah, like um, uh, Apple Mail. If you're an Apple Mail user, you may want to have some in the Apple shortcuts because they just don't work. And te Text Expander doesn't work there. Right, right. Uh, there's some others. Typeinator, Type It For Me, A-Text. There, there's several competitors out there. Some of them, I don't know the pricing of all of them. Um, I've been, I'm a, I have to say I'm a big Text Expander user. I think it's a great application. It's been rock solid. There, it, For every feature that, 
that you can add to this type of, of application, they're always the first ones there and they're always the best supporting it. So, um, they're out there. I guess you can go look at some of these alternatives, but I, I don't have the answers for you if you want to know what's good and bad about them. I just know that Text Expander saves me taste of my life, so yeah. I'm not going anywhere. And I guess we started the show with this disclaimer, and, and we'll end it as well. And if, if you feel like this has been an hour and a half ad for, for Smile, I, I apologize. That certainly wasn't our intent. Text Expander is one of my must-have apps. It's one of the apps that I use more than anything on my on my Mac and and on iOS now. And I feel like we were simply remiss in not covering this for so long. And we've actually had several people write in and ask us, why haven't we covered it? So I hope that you have found this helpful. But if there is a competing product that you use, and David and I will be the first to tell you that we are not very knowledgeable about it because we've always used Text Expander long before they sponsored the show. Um, feel free to send us a review of that. Uh, in fact, if you could make it an audio comment, that would be even better. And we can use that on uh, MPU Live next month. Um, we'll be we'll be happy to to solicit those and and to use some of those if if we get them. Um, please try to keep them fairly brief, two to three minutes. I just they can't go on and on and on. Um, but would certainly appreciate your feedback on some of those other services and solutions, simply because we don't have a lot of experience with them. Yeah, and uh, at that point, Katie, I think we should tell everyone you can find the show notes at five by five dot tv slash mpu slash two zero three. You can yeah. also find it at our web, website at MacPowerUsers.com. Uh, you can contact us at feedback at MacPowerUsers.com, and uh, that's an email. It comes to both Katie and I. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We're, at, we're the uh, MacPowerUsers on Twitter. I'm no. at Max Barkey. Yeah, I'm at Katie Floyd. Did the I... show is at MacPowerUsers, not the MacPowerUsers, just at MacPowerUsers. Did I say the? Yeah, you did. Well, that's okay. That's bad. That's all right. I wonder if somebody has that. I don't know. Maybe she grab it if they don't. But uh, yeah. thanks, thanks to our awesome sponsors for this episode, Squarespace with their awesome coupon code, One uh, Password, and Omni Group. And we will see you all next time.